not a big deal. <laughs> if, if it shuts off while we're recording, it destroys the momentum, but it doesn't lose the file or anything. So oh, we'll okay. just have to. Switch. It'll just be a little awkward. Yeah, it'll. We'll just have an awkward cut in the middle of the episode, and then. Well, just give me the eyes, and then I'll say, "Okay, it looks like we need to take a break," and then. So I don't. I don't think natural. I can give you the eyes. It'll. It'll be a little more abrupt than that. It'll probably be in the middle of one of our sentences. So. Oh, you'll probably finally say something funny. Oh fuck you, man! <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> I'm in a raw state. You can't do that to a me. A raw state. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't talk to anybody again. Oh yeah. This is two episodes in a row now. Of antisocial behavior. Yeah. 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 And I'm really tired. I'm just really tired today. I, I don't I understand sleepy. why, but. I I rearranged my studio. Uh-huh. The new studio is now organized. And oh, it is? What'd you do about your racks and shelves? I put all the big things up. Uh, what does that mean? All the big paintings on top? Yes. Oh, nice. Yes, yes. And then the little there's already an existent little shelf, and I was like, ooh, perfect size for little paintings. Just slide them on in. Yeah, that's good. Library style. And then threw middle shelf in, and I'm going to build a really tall desk. Uh-huh. Uh, that, in front of the window. That my rolly tables and rolly cart can just roll under. Oh, that's a good idea. So you're going to have a standing desk, like a, like an open office at an advertising company. Yes, and I'm going to sit on a giant squishy ball as my core exercise. Yes. No, I'm going to get a tall, like, barstool seat. Oh, that's good. And did, then, did you see that thing uh, where Michael Bloomberg said that if he gets elected, he's going to turn the uh, West Wing into an open office? <laughs> <sighs> Well, you can't because it's a historic site, but okay. Yeah, I don't think you have that much authority to like start knocking down walls, but... No, those walls have been there, you (laughs) know... The Lincoln bedroom? Fuck you. Haunted motherfucker, get it down. There's six interns in here under constant surveillance now. (laughs) Go to Ikea. Yeah. Call Ikea. Blow everything apart. Yeah, we need a bunch of Jeff chairs and Glurgans (laughs) or whatever the fuck. I need a Glurgan and a Gigan and a and a Harga Gargle, <laughs> and uh, we'll be good to go. Oh yeah, real. Mm-hmm. Open what? No, like things that are old are just old sometimes, buddy. Like, well, I don't know. It's not like it, he. Uh, I think it's more just a symptom of his like weird ideology. Did he ever live in Gracie Manor, Gracie Mansion? That's the uh, mansion uptown that the mayor lives in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I mean, he was mayor like fdr style just like forever, forever. Yeah. yeah did he he didn't knock anything down there because he can't i wouldn't be surprised though if he did a trump thing where he lived like in his own you know luxury penthouse and issued gracie mansion probably because it's for the plebes and i think it was know. probably too far north and on the upper east and he was like no 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 yeah where is that exactly i've seen pictures of it and it's like a weird yellow house isn't it i think it's like in the washington heights area yeah no? yeah that's that's right it's like way way up there somewhere i always thought it was like in central park it kind of looks like it is because it must be on like some wooded acreage it is but i've never seen it in the flesh the fuck is this east end avenue at 88th street where's east end avenue is that like past first avenue on yeah. the east side oh okay okay it's like in a park in yorkville but i don't know what yorkville is i know what york is not yorkville uh, York's another avenue past First Avenue. There's like a hospital on it and stuff. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, oh, this is like by... Okay, so this is like by... There's like a a Pickles place. A Steve's Pickles or a something Pickles. Okay. 
I'm glad you put down your phone because I was you were you were testing my patience. I was so trying how, to look how around how much minutia about exactly where Gracie Mansion is. But it's like on I this little like a uh, little park on the thing. Yeah. But did Bloomberg live there? Probably. Although I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. I, he reminds me of a Batman villain or something like the Penguin. He's like Danny DeVito. He he's definitely living in like a black's black onyx room somewhere <laughs> on to, on top of a building. That you just know? has full 365 penthouse views yes. so he can step out into any one of his helicopters. Oh, yeah, exactly. He probably just lived on the top of a Bloomberg media building. Like That's what I'm saying. Iron yeah, Fist yeah, style. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. yeah, exactly what I'm getting at. Yep. And his cryo chambers are in there to keep him... Making deals with the Working Families Party and the Chinese Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> All tracks. But yeah. None of this sounds out of, out of character. Oh, oh man. Um, you know about Blade, right? The uh, Wesley Snipes? No, no, not that Blade. Sorry, I'm crossing conversations. Um, no, Blade, the helicopter startup that is like Uber for helicopters. I've heard, I kind, but Uber has helicopters. Uber has helicopters now. Yeah. Says who? Uber. You can you can take a helicopter. Well, I didn't know that. You didn't want to check the. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm getting business papers now. Why are you getting business papers? It's not, bus- it's not business papers. It's friendly business papers ah. from a friend. It's just you know. It's ah. a euphemism, man. You coined it. You should know. Actually, I did. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't so. do that. You, you, you anyway, can own that one. Um, yeah, Blade. Apparently, there's like a bunch of different sort of Blade stations on the top of skyscrapers around Midtown. Mm-hmm. And you can just go and get it. And it's not as expensive as you would think. Remember that one time one of them crashed? Yes. Was that a Blade? That wasn't a Blade. That was just somebody's helicopter. That was someone's It private. wasn't like a commuter helicopter. No, but it was like on the windiest day ever. And it was like a private helicopter service. Only the pilot died, not the Yeah, past, yeah. The that wasn't passenger. that long ago, right? You're talking about like maybe six like months ago. Like the at the summertime. end of the summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wind toppled over, you know, chopper down. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is a boring, bad episode already. I'm really not. Why, why I'm did really you want to bring up Blade it. in, in the I don't know, because I just heard about it recently, and I was stunned to learn that it wasn't that expensive and that you can get to the airport in, like, 10 minutes. You can get to the airport in 10 minutes anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, it's it's maybe a better service for people that live in Manhattan that yeah, have to worry about such things. But You're going to have to go into Manhattan and then take a chopper out of it to get to an airplane. But I don't know, man. If it's like a $50 Uber to the airport or I can get a Blade for like $250, it, it, you know, that's not really not that crazy. If it would pick me up right here. I just they throw the little <laughs> like ladder out and they're like, we'll get you. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, you get to climb the ladder and stuff. Or maybe they lower one of those baskets like emergency services and they pull you up like a, like a big baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> then just with all your shit to go to the airport. Yeah, just yeah. like, <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, guys, it's 2020. It's 2020. First, uh, not our first step of 2020, but our first recording of 2020. Yes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to war with Iran. Uh-huh. That's nice, you know. Jasper Johns has outlived another one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. R.I.P. Salamani, a true king. What? Noble warrior. <laughs> oh, different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, um, that took me a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh you have a hat on right now, but you look like Jeff Bridges from Iron Man 1. Oh, I'm white-knuckling my way through my dry January. Uh, <laughs> I know I was going to... I like got the little six-pack. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go because I'm going to have these, but I don't want to like, you know... Yeah, I mean, it's a whole new me. 
It's a whole new green and Lewis. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to a sober twitching person and a bald man. Yeah, no. I don't know. I'm actually doing okay, all things considered, but I don't I don't know. I'm reluctant to really discuss it because I'm not that far into it. So it feels... It's ac- only a week. Yeah, you it feels extra embarrassing. It's nothing... It to, is the fifth. I know. It's nothing to <laughs> it be is. proud of, but but truly, I'm I'm a little edgy right now. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. I guess that's probably why I'm so tired, too. Oh, well, you should be sleeping better. I have been sleeping better. I really yeah. have been. It's true. But only for the last couple of days, because before that, it was just like anxious thinking, you know? Because I'm used to like oh. putting myself down like an elephant with a tranquilizer. Oh yeah, yeah. And and when you just have to remember how to fall asleep without aid, that doesn't really exist. I just get racing thoughts and ah. Uh. Like the other night, I couldn't sleep because I just got a Backstreet Boys song stuck in my head, just on repeat. Everybody. Uh no, it was uh fuck. What was it? Was it the shape of your heart? No, wow, you're really. Everybody's a big one, but the shape of your heart, that's like a third tier back. It's a third tier later. Yeah. uh Um, No. Oh, God. Now now everybody is stuck in my head. So, no, I don't remember. But it was was a Backstreet Boys single from the 90s, and I couldn't get it out of my head. And then it was in my head the whole next day, too. Oh. Like, I must have been dreaming about it or something. Your subconscious wouldn't let you shake it off? No, I was dreaming about Kevin, the 45-year-old man. Mm, Yeah. Kevin Kevin (laughs) could get it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Really? Is that true? Of all of the Backstreet Boys, I wouldn't expect it to be him. The other Nick options. Are, that's a ninety-eight degree. Oh, it is. Yes. What, isn't there a Nick in the Backstreet Boys? Carter. Right. Oh, Nick Carter. Yeah. No, Nick Carter's kind of gross. Who were the other ones? AJ. He was Brian. also forty-five. Brian. Ooh, the Brian ginger. was the curly-haired ginger. Yeah. yeah. No. No thanks. And then another guy. Yeah. Who was the other guy? I don't know. Lance. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh. What if? What if NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys created a supergroup? They could do that, and people would go crazy for it. But they'd have like three members of each to do it. And it would be the lesser three, because yeah. the successful ones have moved on, I guess. Yeah, you're going to get Timberlake out of bed for less than $100,000? No. What's Timberlake been doing? I haven't like seen him in a movie. Selling like socks and underwear at Target. Really? Oh. He's think... in Target ads? No, like the... The band of thieves, like socks and things. Oh, he has his own. I think line. that's his. Oh, okay. or like he put money. He's like LeBron James, where it's like, let me put some money over here. Let me make some side money. Like mm-hmm. when you're super famous, you can't like buy real estate like a normal. You lend your name and money to products and pizza. Well, places. I think they only do that because that's more lucrative. And every oh, and every day, yeah. you know, medium rich people don't have access to that necessarily, but. They probably buy real estate, too. I mean, they obviously do. They buy it for themselves. For themselves. But they're not, like, becoming landlords, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Although they probably do that, too, just, like, through shell companies and somebody else handles it. Maybe. Yeah. But why not get a branding opportunity? You don't really have to do anything. Yeah, you just lend your name, you give them $100,000. Okay, it's a startup. Yay. Yeah. That's what Trump does. Did. Does. Fire Festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ja Rule. Need some cash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Never got that cash. I was thinking about the Fire Festival the other day, but I can't remember why now. Well, did you oh, hear you about know that guy who like won tickets to it, but no. he's uh, he like won tickets to it, and he was like, he was like, I didn't know what I was getting in for. I didn't pay for it, so like, sure, I'll go. And then he was like, I got a lot of joy from watching these very rich, spoiled people eat shit. You know what? It was I, great. I think that guy was in one of the two documentaries. Remember how there was two? There was the Netflix oh, yeah. one and the Hulu one. I can't remember which one it was, but I'm pretty sure that that contest winner and his Schadenfreude were in. Oh, one, one, of one or the other oh. of those. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
No, you know, I was I think I was thinking about the Fire Festival because we were watching Catch Me If You Can and just thinking about like con men. Yeah. And how there was that like there's that like old school cool effect of Catch Me If You Can where it's like, oh, isn't that like quaint, like check fraud? Well, that was like that required craft and not yeah. just a, a silver tongue. Well, that's why I love that movie so much because it's also like counterfeiting and, you know, it's really cool. But then you think about like modern day grifts and it's like really nothing no you know you just sit around drinking champagne again much like michael bloomberg in some penthouse on a skyscraper wasting all of your money and letting other people like come up with an app well and then eventually everything tanks and you get a netflix documentary about you or you just walk away and then everything's fine but it's not like an interesting enough story to even make a fictional movie about yeah no you know and you're not like a smarter interesting enough person to like make a protagonist out of so they're like "Eh, i guess what was he was supposed to be 17 in that movie so it's like oh this young whippersnapper well he was 17 well yeah yeah running these dude when i i went on uh frank abagnale jr's wikipedia page Mm -hmm. that night and the movie's like pretty accurate i mean you know they they muss around a little bit with like his family stuff yeah. Like that was like a more protracted thing that was more complicated than they could show in a movie. But all of his like cons that he pretty We're much legit. did all that stuff at that age, which which I thought they would have embellished. You know, I haven't looked at the Frank Abagnale Jr. Wikipedia page in a while, but I just assumed that like, oh, maybe he was twenty two. And oh, it's like no, no, no. He was fully like underage the entire time. That timeline of the movie of like, it's two accurate years of like three is, like, two pretty three, accurate. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, I I and then I started smart as a seventeen-year-old to Ugh. run short grifts, dude. I don't know. I started uh, googling like how to counterfeit money, <laughs> and then like best places to spend counterfeit money. No wonder my internet's been running slow. <laughs> God <Yeah>. damn it! <laughs> um, I already knew this, I guess, but I'll just say it on the podcast to fill some time. Ten dollars, ten dollar bills. No, you know, like the best way to counterfeit money is just to uh, bleach and wash off real money. And then use like a photocopier or a printer to print a higher dom- denomination onto the now blank cotton bond paper because those markers only detect the style of paper. Yeah. So if you just wash like a $1 bill off and make it into 100 you know, it's passable by marker test. Yeah. And typically people don't like look or really give a shit. Oh, so, I do in my retail life. I- I'm sure you do because you're a, you're a you know... You're a tattletale. Well, I've seen many, uh, many a uh, fake hundo in my life. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, and sometimes they're good, and I get, I go, shit, I got got, goddammit, because like the tell is always like, oh, you can't tell because it's an old one. But then if you actually like look at the border, the way that it was cut, you're like, I got fucked by the goddamn yeah, border because yeah. you're not looking for that in well, the moment. I don't think most everyday people, like, I bet somebody. Uh, isn't even necessarily trying to pass one at your store. It's just that they're in circulation. And like, you know, people usually spend them in groups. Big. Oh, really? Well, that's really stupid. That's not what you should do. One person goes in to test the one and then someone comes in to try and test three more. Oh, okay. So they're trying to move them before they get caught. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had a fake one when I made that big deposit at the bank the other day. Um, Mm. Because I was waiting in line to go to the teller. Uh, just because it was a large sum of money and I didn't trust the machine to do Fair. it. And f- for whatever reason, this is really a stupid like contemporary problem, but they have a teller that just stands by the machines. Yeah. And so she came over and got me out of line as I was waiting in it and was like, hey, I'll help you do it in the machine. And I was like, I don't know. I really would rather. And she's like, no, it's the same. I'll help you. And I was like, oh, but if it was a chase one where you put like the the money in the cavity. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, I don't. Those creep me out, but I do trust those because it is just a bill counter. Yeah, I know. No, I know what it is. It's just that 
you know, whatever. You can call it superstition. It's not. Very, you just want to hand your money over. It's not very rational, but it was like more money than I've ever had in my hand at one time, and I didn't. Yeah. I just wanted to give it to a person. I just felt better about it because I'm yeah. from the 20th century. Whatever. Fair. Um, you're gonna be that person who goes and takes out like a hundred and forty dollars every Friday from your like social security. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jk the social security that even if i get will be garnished by my student loans yeah so. yeah yeah. Uh-huh, yeah so yeah you'll take out your 140 dollars a week uh but they'll have to give you an envelope because you'll be like i'm not bringing an envelope give me your envelope oh yeah 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 yeah. they will have to give me an envelope you better believe it <laughs> but anyway so this lady helped me and you know you put it in the bill counter and the machine twice rejected one of one of my hundreds which was an old one yeah and then she just was like, fuck it. And put it she, no, she was like, oh, I'll just go get you another one. And she just went in the back and like put it in the back and gave me a brand new one. Oh. Um, and it didn't really occur to me at the time, but when I was looking up counterfeit money last night, and based on what you're saying right now, I'm pretty sure it was probably a fake one. They're, uh, usually they Because it wasn't in bad condition, you know what I mean? There was no way the machine was rejecting it because it was like too scrappy. Well, it, it was just looking for any of the normal security yeah. things on there, and the old ones have nothing. The only thing that you can do is like scratch collar and see if you get like well now wait a minute are you talking about the very old ones like or from the... the 60s yeah 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 those have nothing those that's... have nothing but which is why it would reject it because it'd be like we don't know what this is but that's not even what i'm talking about i'm talking about one of the 1996 and on oh. varietals because now there's a new new hundred. yeah you've seen those the fancy that are ones, like yeah. colored like european money not even they're just they're, blue. yeah they're sort of but they have like a rainbow strip and stuff yeah um, but not those, the one, the iteration before that, where like the portrait of Benjamin Franklin just big, is slightly yeah. bigger and stuff. Those do have security features. Yeah. It's got a tape and a face. Uh huh. I'm sure there's other things too that the public aren't aware of. You know, they don't like release that information. They do. About how, no, they don't. To, well, to vendors. They Trust do. me. They're when like... I was a kid, I watched very, very many documentaries about money and the federal reserve on the history channel before it was just like reality shows about ginseng root <laughs> and uh What's they the name of that show uh appalachian outlaws oh yeah um but they would detail like how they engrave things and like what some of the security measures are but i promise you they would always mention that like we can't tell you all the things all of them because we don't want the public to know but some of them are really interesting and yeah. subtle. Like, they're not just, like, the strip or, like, the type of paper or whatever. They'll, like, put little hidden images in the, like, floral engraving yeah. around the edges that, like, you know, if you weren't aware of them, you would never carve in yourself and blah, blah, blah. That tracks. Yeah. I always thought about counterfeiting money when I was in a printmaking studio in undergrad with etching equipment. I always thought, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way to do it? <laughs> yeah. Hi, can I have some of that really nice cotton paper? <laughs> All that, like, 100% cotton rag? Well, yeah, there was a certain point where I was really invested in trying to learn photogravure, which they wouldn't let me do, not because of counterfeiting money, but because the chemical process it's is wildly like, dangerous. really heinous. So yeah. they showed me, like, a bobo way of doing it. But anyway, I always thought, like, just make a photogravure of a real dollar bill, and that would be so super passable. I mean, oh, like, yeah. it's not going to fool the Secret Service once it gets to the mint, but... No layperson would ever know. Also, if you're making fake dollar bills, honestly, who cares? Like single dollar bills? Yeah. Why would you do that, though? There's no money in that. What, you want free packs of gum? or like? I mean, think think about all the mild minutia in life, because everyone's just like, oh, maybe you work in, as a server or something, or a stripper. Like, you know, every dollar bill profession. Like, yeah. what if you're just like, hmm, got to pay for my Metro card, and gotta, here's all my singles. 
you can't you can't use a machine with a counterfeit. That's why it would never, you know, things like that never work. You you can't take a counterfeit one dollar bill and feed it into a machine. It wouldn't work. So no, really? you couldn't. No, definitely not. Why? The machines are way more sophisticated to, at detecting things like that, security features or not, oh. than like a human p- person. I mean, I was re- I was reading whatever night hmm. that was two yeah. nights ago that like all the people were recommending, hey, if you want to counterfeit money, the best way to pass it is with like sort of illicit cash businesses or like gray market cash businesses. Oh. Like the obvious thing is go to a drug dealer and spend it because they don't care. Yeah, that's at true. all, yeah. and like they're in no position to report you. And a lot of the other recommendations were like, yeah, do do it at strip clubs or just places where like no one's in a position to inspect it. Yeah, it's kind of seedy anyway, and mostly those people don't care. So, or like you know, you could have free lunch forever. You do know how many one dollar bills? Well, you like have say, to make? let's well, just up it to fives. Okay, say you had a bunch of fives, and you're walking around with fifty dollars and five. That's ten, ten a day. Uh huh. Just. <laughs> gonna get some well actually no you yeah can't. you could do that but i mean wow you really are kind of stupid man <laughs> the, because the thing is you when you're when you have counterfeit money the idea is not to buy products with it the idea is to pass it by purchasing something cheap and then getting real money in return oh yeah but, so if well, you have yeah. a bunch of five dollar bills that would only make sense if you were going and buying like matchbooks at a bodega or something and getting and getting 495 oh. back but like the amount of times you would have to do that just increases the, am- the, level the amount you're going to get caught. Yeah. So the best thing to do is get like a $100 bill and try to pass it at a bar that you're only ever going to go to once. Oh. Buy a $10 drink, get 90 bucks, and never go back to the place. Fair. I mean, that's how lo- like low-level counterfeiting money really works. Yeah. I'm just thinking of low-impact grifting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like- if you're trying to get free lunch, that's fine. But the, the other problem with that is you're, again, probably going to places that you frequent. <laughs> yeah, and, a- and after the second time that like, they count their money would, at the end of the day the fake fives. or take it to the bank and realize they have multiple fake fives, and they're like, huh, there's only one guy that comes in here and pays for his lunch in, in fives. fives. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be bad. That's true. <laughs> Being a creature of habit, really, yeah. Not great. Yeah, no. If I ever get into this industry, I'm not. I'm just not going to tell you. That's. I'm fine. not going to cue you in. And if you ever walk in and there's like you know five dollar bills drying all over the room, just ignore it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry, my ear, my right ear is like stuffy, so I can only hear like out of my left ear, and it's. Oh, that's weird. I'm. It's making me feel very odd. Yeah. I don't know how to pop it or whatever. Uh, I have drops, but... I did you hold your nose and just... Uh-huh. It didn't work? No. Oh, that sucks. Are you chewing gum? No. I'm using all the plane tricks. Yeah, these are for planes. Yeah. This is not... Yeah, some... I think the same thing would apply. Ah, it's... Mm. It's like, well, I have no hair now. I can't hear. Yeah. Might as well break up my two canes and just start <laughs> trucking along. <laughs> just like, hey. How do you feel about your haircut after after one day? I mean, I don't notice it. I've also not looked in the mirror that much. Oh, and you haven't been to work or anything, so... No. No one's been in a position to comment on it. No, 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 no. Which is lovely. I'm just like, well, I have to go outside, and yeah. it's cold. Let me put a hat on anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. It seems like shame, but it might be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, For reference, because I don't think we were really clear about it, uh, last night I cut Will's hair, so he's he's a short-haired man now. Mm-hmm. Um, no more swoopy wisps. <laughs> the uh, cloud of hair yeah. to one side glued uh, <laughs> excuse me how dare you i mean by sweat and anxiety and fear 
<laughs> what? Am I like you're making me sound like uh what's his face? Like, like a latter day um guy that died. Yeah, you're really going to be more specific than that. Using Capote and Salamani? No. Oh. No. He was a handsome man, by the way. Who? The Iranian general that Trump marked. Oh. I didn't see any pictures. You didn't see any pictures of him. Where have you been? I just the last two days. I just saw, well because you know there's just like lots of pictures of fighter planes on mm-hmm. tarmacs. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, but, who 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 are you thinking of? Who's the bald man from the past that in, died? In true, he was in Capote. It's connected. Oh, to New York. Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's the hair that you're describing, which is also accurate. Like, yeah, a little sweaty bit. and like kind of barely. Philip Seymour Hoffman as an old man in Schenectady, New York. When yeah. he's like, uh, you know, being wheeled around and they're talking to him in his earpiece. That will be me shortly. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> um, no, you look good now. You look much younger, honestly. Oh, I thought I looked 38. Well, you pretty much are 38. I mean, so. But before you looked like 47 or something. <laughs> you looked like you'd been living Fucking alone rude. eating cans of beans for wow. 25 years. You looked like a gay man from the 70s when like. You know, you couldn't quite be out yet, so you were just a confirmed bachelor. You know, people politely referred to you as such. And you went home to your tiny apartment off Times Square, and all the hookers said, Hi, honey. What? (laughs) What is this uh, this narrative? No, I'm just saying that's sort of what you looked like. If you were wearing a fishing vest or, you know, if if you dressed differently, you would have looked much older before. But now you look young. You look like a young man again. Like a spry 38. Fuck you. <laughs> How dare you? One day it'll happen to you. Uh no, I don't think so. It probably won't. Well, you know what? You know what I learned? I, I was um I was bragging about my head of hair uh on Christmas Eve to my uh stepmom's family. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, Well, you know, honey, you get uh the bald gene from your mother's side. And I was wait. like, Oh what? Wait, 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 stepmoms? Yeah, yeah. My dad's girlfriend, Nikki. Oh, I've okay. just taken That's her to calling her, okay. calling her my stepmom because it's okay. way like, less complicated, like, and they've what? been together a long time. <laughs> okay, or whatever. Got it. I was um, like, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. I've been doing that lately because I just don't feel like explaining it, it uh, anymore. Mm. Um, but so, you know, I learned that you get the ball gene from your mother's side, which apparently is true, and I don't know what that means actually because I never met my maternal grandfather. Oh, I've seen pictures of him when he was a young man. But I don't know how he aged. Oh, um, my grandmother was kind of balding-ish, I guess, but she had a lot of health issues that were that could have caused that that were yeah. unrelated to like genetics. Yeah. And my mom's not old enough to be balding or not yet. I don't think. No, you, a woman you in start, her fifties, she start would thinning. start thinning. Yeah, she, yeah. Me, I'm gonna have to check her. I'm gonna have to take a close look at her scalp <laughs> next time <laughs> oh I go. God. Mother, I need to scalp you. <laughs> Time for some phrenology. <laughs> oh God! Um, but so you know, I don't know. I might not be as as lucky as you think. But you'll probably get that thing where your hair, like your hairline, just starts creeping back. Oh God! I really hope not. See, that's what I've always dreaded. It's better I, than the crown. I don't really mind the crown or the full bald, but I really don't want a receding hairline. That's the worst look of all. But that's good when you get very old and you just get the little tufts of white hair. No. Oh, man. Oh, it's a good why, look. See, again, why do you you fetishize like a very weird <laughs> It just looks good when aesthetic. you're just like, I'm a wizard. And you're like, okay. No, I don't know. I either want to be bald with ponytail. Oh, that would be that would be your MO, though. Or I want a uh, full head of hair forever. And option three is just kill yourself. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, I think bald with ponytail, like that, that could be a thing. Everything's just very stringy, and then just this sad little, little tail. Oh no, no, no! I would, I because I think based on the way my hair is now, let's say I go bald, but I retain it in the back. It's going to be a healthy ass ponytail. <laughs> I plan to grow that ponytail long and strong. That's disgusting. And it's going to be uh, jet black, well into my seventies when it finally goes gray. Who am I kidding? I'm already going gray now. What? Yeah, I have a big gray patch on the back that's of my head. That's just a patch. That's, I know, but I have salt and pepper everywhere. I notice more and more every day. Hmm. It's the march of time, man. Yeah, aging. Ashes to ashes. Dust, dust to dust. dust. Is that a Catholic thing? Yeah. Oh, it is? That's, you know, that's when you do the, on oh, the it's forehead. A, it's an Ash Wednesday thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of death, <laughs> um, I wanted to say that I, I looked at the numbers for the podcast for mm-hmm. the first time in a long time today. And I noticed that our episode about Peter Sheldahl, two episodes ago, did really poorly. Huh. Um, like, worse than any episode we've ever done. It was the holiday. And and, and that's why I'm mentioning it, is because it came out the day after Christmas. Yeah. The- and the numbers for our last episode went right back up again. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there that's listening to this that missed that episode and thought, like, ah, whatever, this podcast is bullshit and boring, I don't need <laughs> to go back. I think you should go back to that one, because I think you would agree that that was a pretty good episode. I mean... I thought the Peter Sheldahl episode was great. It was uh, episode 25, Outlived You. Comma. Yeah, comma, I think also maybe you. the formatting, because it took me a while to read that. I was like, what? what's this? It's a little confusing, yeah. I was like, huh? Uh, um, but anyway, I thought people should go back and listen to that if you haven't, because that was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sad that it did badly, so oh. I want to plug our own show real quick. For wow, the, okay. For the dozens of people out there. I know. All you dozens, just go on back. Yeah. Two weeks. I know you were like christmas hungover yeah but like and and you know what it's worth mentioning too that it's not a sad episode by any means i just thought it was like a good one it was kind of earnest kind of funny but like um i don't know our discussion of that was was good it made for a good podcast so go back and listen if you haven't listened to it and he's still alive too yeah but any day now i mean come on i mean well no i don't know when he did that little um npr podcast that was like an addendum to the article i mentioned mm-hmm. it yeah, on yeah. the episode it's only like a six minute little thing yeah um but he did say that the like treatment that he's getting whatever they're giving him because he's not doing chemo they're giving him like i don't know some sort Sedative? of oral medication yeah. or something that's like supposed to help yeah and he's and he said during that podcast that he was like feeling really good and that like things were looking up but who knows if that's just for public or that could what. also just be like if they have him on some kind of steroid and like something where you're just like you feel good because you're Slowly dying. Oh, yeah. It, it's definitely like end-of-life hospice-care-style yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I uh, All the old folks are just kicking it. Like who? Who else died? In- John Baldessari died yesterday. What? Really? Yeah. That's I didn't why I said, hear that. Oh. You missed that in the beginning? Yeah. Oh, well. I yeah, don't he's listen. dead. Oh, really? That's why I said Jasper John's outlived another one. Oh, I just thought you meant another year. No. I didn't realize. Oh, John Baldessari died yesterday, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Good riddance. <laughs> That's the one grave you'll dance on? Wow. Okay. No, I don't know. I guess I like John Baldessari's art, but it, ultimately it's pretty boring. I'm sure he was a nice guy. He was a teacher. I'm sure he influenced a lot of people out there. So, uh, you know, again, whatever. Who, what, this shit's boring, man. Who cares? I know. Well, it's a thing in the news. People reacting. Yeah, well, do you have anything to say about it? Because I didn't even know about it, so. Eh. 
Yeah, it's okay. Like, thanks. That was a great addition. I'm happy that you brought it up. I'm just like, uh, you know, like he's not a Horcrux of uh, Jasper John, so I'm like, well, I don't know. Does that make him a little nervous? He's like, oh, I didn't do anything with that one. Oh, I'm sure they knew each other. They must have. Maybe. Oh, they definitely did. Come on. But like, who's left of who? Who else has he? Does he have to outlive? Oh, I don't know. That's a good Twombly's question. Twombly's dead, right? Oh yeah, Twombly died in like 2013 or something. Twelve. Maybe Bryce Martin. Uh, yeah, that's true. Bryce Martin's a lot younger, younger than him, yeah. though. I think he's a solidly of a different generation. He would have been more of John Baldessari's generation, though. So yeah. it's possible that Bryce Martin could die before Jasper Johns. Yeah, and Bryce Martin did a lot more heroin. Uh, yeah, that's true. And he smokes a lot of weed, so you know you shouldn't smoke anything. And the weed heads like to imagine that it's not bad for you, but I'm sure it's bad for you. Well, he also, I don't know, he's he's looking real bloated these days, more so than usual. I saw a picture of him sitting uptown at Gagosian, was like jolly as fuck. I was like, ooh. Wait, really? Is he just bloated or is he like fat now? He's fat. He's fat now? He's fat. Ooh, I'm going to have to take a look at this picture because he was always like svelte, you know? Uh, I don't think of I, Bryce Martin as like an out of shape old guy. I remember him as being skinny. Like in the seventies, he was like skinny. Yeah, but, but even as drugs. an old man, until fairly recently. Yeah, I mean, the last time I think I saw a picture of him was like ten years ago. Yeah, so now he's chubster. Oh, that's good. Well, good for him. Well, he's again, out there living it up. I guess doing something, making five million dollars off of one painting at a time. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So World War Three, huh? Yeah, World War Three. It's coming. I mean, I love that all I know about it are memes because the the internet just started right away. I was like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a lot to say about it only because I did the same thing that everybody else did, which is went and read the Salamani guy's Wikipedia page the moment I heard about this going down and then, Mm. you know, pretended to be an expert about it to my coworkers for the next 45 minutes. (laughs) But I don't know shit about him. Like... You know, I don't know. That's what's so weird about the the whole thing is it it does seem like a really big deal. I mean, it was a straight up extrajudicial assassination yeah. on like a third party country's soil against like, you know, a proclaimed enemy. It's bad. Um, but I don't know. The the main thing that's been bugging me, I got do you even want to talk about this? I mean, you usually I, don't like to talk about the these thing, things. The thing that I read that I was like, ooh, this was called a backfire. You know, the alleged, you know, adults in the room yeah. proposed that as the most extreme thing versus like the three things that they wanted to do that were very small, like limited airstrike somewhere of Iran backed uh labs in Iraq. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to get that done, so they were like, and eh, we could take him out. That's extreme though. Right. But they're like, he'll never take it. He'll never choose that one. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't know if I buy that line of bull because all the fucking people that surround Donald Trump right now are neocon like Warhawks, Bolton and Pompeo and all these fucking monsters. Yeah, they love that shit. I mean. So, you know, what I think happened, if I had to guess, is that somebody said to him, because the whole situation popped off because of the Iraqi you know, an Iranian sponsored protesters like storming the U S embassy. embassy. And I think somebody said to Donald Trump, you don't want this to turn into Benghazi. And an image of Hillary Clinton flashed in his brain with the kill bill siren. And then he instantly got like, okay, fucking kill him. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you that's what happened because that's, you know, again, that's what all these like idiots around him want. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and that kind of ties into what I was about to say, which is the thing that's been bothering me about it is the fucking media coverage of it. Like, I can't believe what a rag like the New York Times is, the Washington Post, like all the coverage treating it like so normally. It, you know, I was a little like too young as you were to remember really the lead up to like the Iraq war and the way it just sort of gets tacitly sponsored by oh, the media yeah. and the Democrats and, and everybody else. Like, that's the way I'm like seeing this go down is like everybody just treats it like with a little bit of outrage because they hate Donald Trump, but also like complete legitimacy, like all of this. Um, what? Yeah. Because you know, like, like really? you didn't see any of the tweets from like any of the Dem candidates except for Bernie. No, they're all like, well, Soleimani was a really bad guy, but Donald Trump is bad for doing it. And it's, oh. it's, they literally all follow exactly the same script. And then, and then I was because like, they can't see anything that doesn't sound um, America fuck yeah. Exactly. And you and know, what did the, Bernard say? Uh, Bern, Bernard said uh, one of his tweets was like, uh, I was right about the Iraq war. I was right about Vietnam. I apologize to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, but so all I was saying was like the newspapers are doing exactly the same thing where like the New York Times did this really long little like super serious expose about how it went down. Like, um, you know, Donald Trump was having a meeting with his cabinet, and then he slyly like walked what, away. Like and it's going to be like fucking taking out Osama, and it's yeah. Well, like that's that narrative. That's like, what I'm no, saying. That's, that's exactly the narrative that's being applied to it. And then there, you know, there's all these headlines about how how bad this Iranian general that nobody had heard of until yeah, that like, day no. was. And I don't know. They're they're they are tacitly legitimizing the whole thing at at the same time that it's contradictory because they don't like big bad DJT. So, I don't know. It's just this whole charade. War sucks. Yeah. It sucks that this is just inevitable, that there's, like, nothing we can do about it. Um, you know, the only, like, personal anecdote I have that's really, honestly, so sad is I was talking to one of our contractors at, at work um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we weren't talking about this initially, but he was just kind of looking at his phone. And he's a Czech guy. Um and he was reading like a Czech news website and I was like, Oh, what you reading? And he's just like, looks so forlorn and just kind of stares out the window. And in this, like, you know, that vaguely European thing where like, it's both sad, but also just complete acceptance. Yeah. He's just like, Oh, it's bad. There's going to be so many terrorist attacks. And I was like, God damn it. Like, this is what I mean by it being tragic and it fully sucking is like, this guy's from the Czech Republic and he's yeah. like worried about terrorist attacks in the Czech Republic because of an American military Stupid maneuver fucker, yeah. against Iran. And he's right. Like, the kind of retaliation that like Iran is promising is not going to be like, you know, they're not going to land fucking craft D-Day style in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. It's going to no. be, it's going to be attacks on places in Europe and obviously around the Middle East. Yeah. It's just like, great you shut up set off this whole shit storm no americans will die so no americans will ever care yeah or very few will you know we send some troops over there it goes on for 10 years and everybody slowly stops talking about it it's just do we need a third one of those mm. or, or like a fifth or sixth one honestly it's like yeah, it's, it's so uh... insane it, it was a really obviously for everybody a really bad way to start off the year it's just like oh my god yeah this is 2019 too i don't like that I don't like 2019, the sequel. I know. Well, and it, well, it's worse. And, like, as silly yeah. as all the memes are, you know, I'm sure you've seen, like, Twitter posts and stuff that are, like, about the Australian brush fires, World War Three, and, like, Donald Trump's second term. It's like, oh, everyone's making jokes, like, oh, it was going to be the Roaring Twenties. 
And now here we are, and it's like <laughs> it's just so shitty already. It's three I, days in. I mean, wasn't Australia already on fire? Well, they always like similar to the United States. They always have brush fires. Yeah. in their summer. Yeah, but the scale of these ones is tremendous. Oh yeah, it's very like big. yeah. You know the pictures of like places at nine o'clock in the morning, and it like they're either, red. Yeah, yeah, they're either completely red or it looks like the dark of night because there's so much smoke. I mean, yeah. it's completely insane. It's completely fucked. Well, I don't know. No one's supposed to. I mean, I, I've already concluded this a long time ago, but no one is supposed to live on Australia. Uh, yeah, not. I mean, not very many people, by which I mean like Aboriginal people, yeah. really lived there in the first place. Yeah, right? like no one should actually live there. It's a giant desert island. Like with, you know what a huntsman is? No, explain it. Giant spider. Mm-hmm. But they like to get it. They like to get into little things. So imagine you went to go light that candle that's on the table, and then there's just this huge furry spider in there. But like the spider is the size of the coil on the of the. Ooh, yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. I don't like that one bit. I don't like furry insects. They also have giant, like, wasps that will fight the huntsman spiders. Like, it's fucking miniature Godzilla. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Mothra. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's gross. Yes. This reminds me of a 1993's classic Jumanji. Not the one with The Rock. The one with Robin Williams. I did not see either of those No films. way, really? I never You've never it. seen the original Jumanji? No. There's giant wasps in that, is all I mean. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, the only giant wasp I know is uh, in Connecticut. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's the only hive of wasps <laughs> I know of. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's kind of a bummer to talk about, but like, I don't know. It's on everybody's mind. Yeah. It fucking sucks, and Donald Trump's going to win again, because wartime presidents never lose. So... Here we are. Welcome to your inevitable doom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-mm. I was going to say something and now it just left my brain. My brain is not functioning right right now. Yeah, I can tell. Every time the conversation stalls it's for a this, second, I can't like you're keep really train. not even you're really not on tonight at all. I don't know why. Yeah. I can only again. The, well, we, we yeah, we do need to pull this out of the fire somehow. I know. So I oh, hope shit. you have something to contribute. <laughs> we need to pull this out of the Australian brush fire that is Green and Lewis. <laughs> we are the koalas. <laughs> yeah, we we are the burning koalas <laughs> of Green and Lewis. Um, I mean, I could talk about garden gnomes, but that seems stupid. You know, there's a thing called a segue. <laughs> Which is useful in situations like this where where there's a topic and it kind of peters out and, you know, you don't just say, well, I could talk about blank. <laughs> but why not, know. Will? Let's use no, that as uh, a no, segue. No, no, why no. don't we let's, talk no, about let's, garden let's, gnomes? Let's figure out how to, like, uh, naturally uh, smooth things into things, so, you know. Well, Will, is there anything that gives you comfort in these dark times? No, garden gnomes actually don't because they were used <laughs> as a national socialist propaganda in Austria, which doesn't have a great history oh is that right yeah Ex- well their their history must predate that garden gnomes weren't garden, invented no in no, no they weren't no but the party that was has been in power in austria because i was on a deep dive let me guess did they make stereotypically jewish looking garden gnomes those do exist uh-huh. but they are contemporary so ooh, different yeah it could where go... do they have those in idaho what or places idaho. where there's white nationalist compounds oh I don't know. It's all on Amazon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if any Idahoans are uh, in the garden gnome, anti-Semitic gnome business. Yeah. Um, 
No, but that that particular party would have these coolmen. They called them coolmen. So they would hold up the signs, hold up protest signs, and they would be planted places. Hold up protest signs against what? I don't remember. But they like the party adopted them as a propagandistic thing. Which party? The Austrian. <laughs> oh my god, you can't even tell the story that you brought up. <laughs> Like, I probably know more about this right now just through context clues of you trying to spit it out than you do. Like, I'm going to... All right, all right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to run a little experiment. I'm going to try... Oh, no. Oh, you guys. I'm so, I'm so sorry. The robot is broken. My co-host Automaton, he can't get he can't get it together. This it's episode. like Hercules. You cut my hair off, and now I'm a moron. You've lost all your power. Oh, well, my power was in the seven strands of hair on my head. There is a Bible story about that, right? Doesn't Samson get his hair cut? Samson, not Hercules. What did I say? You said Hercules. Samson. Yeah. Samson. Yeah. Delilah cuts his hair. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So now I'm. Hey there, I... Delilah. I cut off a gay man's hair. <laughs> He's got no more powers. He can't be smart in conversation like you do. Okay, well here's um, here's what I wanted to try and do now that you've now that you've collected your breath at least, if not your thoughts. Yeah, I'm gonna right. try and tell the story that you were trying to tell ah. without knowing anything about it. Yeah, I'm I'm Give just it a shot. I'm just gonna go for it. So what I know, I'm gonna list to you what I know about this right now. I know about protesters. I know about Austria. Yeah. I know about a party. I know about garden gnomes, okay? So yeah. I'm going to try to connect the four but, things into a coherent uh, narrative without knowing the actual story. And you tell me how, how yeah, close how close I yeah, get here. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to guess that the party in Austria that you're referring to was a far-right nationalist party. And that... you Don't give me clues. Mm. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to guess that the party you're referring to was a far-right nationalist party and that they were holding up protest signs protesting the communists or the liberals or whatever and that they gave those to the garden gnomes and put them in their yard uh, as a sign of support for the far right meaning the nazis and annexation by germany because this is austria we're talking about and that that was a symbol of solidarity amongst the populist right the garden gnomes (laughs) no this was in like the 80s and the 90s that they used the coolman Oh, okay, okay. It, this is a more contemporary. But kind you of said situation. the '30s before. Well, that that party that used the gnomes in their things in the '90s was a pro-Nazi party. Oh, in okay. Their, so it know, was in like a neo-Nazi party. I don't know. In That's the why 80s I'm like, and 90s. I don't know if I like the, you know. Oh, okay. But the gnomes come out of uh, the god Priapus, which had a huge hog, because he was a garden protector of uh, the forest. So he needed to be. Um... Well, you know, like virile in order yes. to protect the forest. He was like a fertility symbol. He was whacking you with some kind of log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, so then they came out of that, where instead of having just like a wooden dick in your yard, you would have this cute little gnome with a hat. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but, but wait a minute. So the gnomes were like a, a Germanic innovation. Yeah, I always assumed that the gnomes would have come from the Isles, where they believe no, in fairies no. and things like. No, that. No, no, no. The the gnomes for some reason. Were I guess first the Germans believe in like fairies and stuff, sprites too. and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, like elves. Elves are everywhere. Yeah, you know, I think it comes from. Um, we need Stephen Mayer to explain elves. 
Yeah. Well, I think all of those things come from anywhere outside of Rome, you know, mm-hmm. in ancient times, meaning in, in Western Europe and Northern Europe. It was all this like Germanic tribal, like, you know, the Goths and the Franks and the Britons and all of these like forest people. Yeah. So I think a lot of that carried over into modern times. Well, even the Romans had like forest people like the pan, like who was Pan? He was a satyr, like nymphs and satyrs. Like that was the, you know. Yeah, the barbarian hordes. They all believed in fairies and stuff. Yeah. Which is weird because you think of barbarian hordes as like strong and manly, but fairies are pretty gay. Yeah, but you know those barbarian hordes were just wearing loincloths and like. That's true. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, there's there's all these stories of like German German people are Christian now, but they have all these like little chapels up in the mountains and stuff. What? And, yeah, just because, you know, it's a mountain culture yeah. down in Bavaria and they have their churches up there, but they're still like a little bit pagan. So like all of their like um what are the polychrome sculptures of Jesus called? All their, all, their, all their little idols in their churches and stuff will be like draped in pine boughs and like oh. um like covered in pear juice and like all this like weird forest pagan shit. Yeah, that, that's that just comes applied out of, from back in the yeah, day. Yeah, that comes out of ritualistic like Roman pagan rituals of like you offer something wine or whatever right. and you it's just a statue, but you throw red wine at it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the gnomes are sort of a product of that. That's interesting. Yeah. And then they just became kitschified. Kitsch, yeah. Were they ever not kitsch? In your research? Uh, well, no, when they started, they were like, no, there was that transition between like an old Roman thing to this little protector spirit. But like they were handmade for a very long time because also the thing that the Germans do well is porcelains and stuff like that. So it's not even Germans. Like it's a more specific location. Uh, well, I don't know. Bavaria? Like if you're talking about Austria uh, yeah, and stuff. Austria, yeah, Austria, yeah, like that. They're porcelain people. Mm-hmm. That's a Hummel's. Hummel's a good example. Yeah, yeah. You know what a Hummel is? Yes. Okay. I don't know why they're so expensive. Anyway, um, but there was like an original set, and then you would just buy from the set from this one little town, and then people would use them until the uh, British Garden Association declared them verboten uh, because they thought it was cheating because it was like that makes it automatically too cute, so it's t- off. Oh really? The Britain the Britons got haughty about it, and they were like, "Oh no, you that's have a cheap to, way you to, have make to it manicure cute. your garden. It's not right. It's not staging your garden. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just prop. You're putting props in it. But then, like 15 years later, they overturned it because the charm was so high. Oh, interesting. Where'd you learn all this from? You're just reading. Thanks, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Man, now we've just really t- our podcast was bad before, but I think this is the worst episode of all time because we've turned into one of these podcasts that just vaguely remembers Wikipedia articles and meanders through. We've done that like three times within, uh-huh. <laughs> within this episode. Yeah. Counterfeiting money, the situation with Iran, and now garden gnomes. Um, yeah, I mean, think about it this way though. Like, cool. At, at least you know, at least we don't, we don't waste any time like doing actual research and like no. having notes in front of us. We Ooh, just misremember that. it live. I get <laughs> yeah, I would get yelled at. Um, no, but I mean, at least that, like, I don't know. I was real realizing during my like weird internet k hole yesterday. I was like, what if I actually had to actually go somewhere to research the stupidity that I was on a trail on? Oh, right. If you had to go to the library oh. as opposed to you know, yeah, sitting on your ass watching TV and also reading Wikipedia at the same time, eating Chinese food and reading about you know the Yom Kippur War. Yeah, and I was like, huh. <laughs> Didn't know that was a thing. All right, cool. 
Oh, yeah. I think about that all the time. Like, people used to get into arguments. God, we're really in hack territory now. But people used to get into <laughs> arguments over, like, you know, what was what around a historical mm-hmm. event. And you would have to wait to have that argument resolved by either somebody you were certain was more knowledgeable. Mm. Or you would have to go to the library and days later, the next time you saw that person, like, report back. Ooh. Well... It would have taken you hours to obtain one meager piece of information. A little date, yeah. Rather than taking in, you know, our situation is not really any better because you take in more information than you can possibly remember. And then when you try to spit it out, it's just incomprehensible gibberish because it's just one in a string of a million data points. Yeah. I mean, I got to the gnomes from researching the Getty family. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's that is my favorite thing about Wikipedia, though. It's kind of going down those rabbit holes. Wild as shit. In the if world, I'm yeah. really bored, I'll even make that into a game. I think I've told you about this before. It's like Kevin like, Bacon game. Yeah, where you like say, "Oh, um, I'll start on the page for the International Space Station." That seems interesting, and then you just pick something at random. You're like, "Huh? Can I get to peanut butter M and M's?" And you, you see, definitely can. Oh, you you can get to anything through anything, but you see how few click throughs. Oh. It takes you to get there. You're not even reading articles in this game. You're just You're trying to see how keywords. quickly you can get to it. And yeah, usually it's under six. Huh. Well, not to circle back, but um, sort of. But did you ever read that long New York Times thing about surveillance and the tracking of the phones? Now that you've, I'm assuming you finished your giant book about surveillance capitalism. No, I didn't finish my giant book. It's very long, man. It's a very big book. Um. Uh, no, I actually didn't go through and read that article. Um, to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about it, but, um, I, I will go back and read it. Although I'm sure it covers a lot of what this book covers. This book's a really recent, it was published in 2019. So, um, this article might even be like a response to it. I wouldn't be surprised if it cites the book or the author at all. Um, but yeah, what did you, what did you glean from the article? Cause you read it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a five-part, like, full multimedia experience of, like, you can see, like, a map of data points, which are, like, little, you know, little green dots of everyone flooding Grand Central. And that's a time-lapse of how many people are moving throughout the space because their phones are sharing their location yeah, in the yeah. background. Right. So you can see, like, the flux of people and then everyone leave. And you're like, oh. Right, right. What? Um Again, just for reference for the listener, the book that I'm reading that Will was referring to is called The Age of Surveillance Capitalism by Shoshana Zuboff. It's a very good book. Um, but in that book, there's a critical moment. You actually saw the painting. I'm making a painting about this right now. Um, but there's a really critical moment in this technology story where uh, Google realized that this type of like um, surveillance and data compiling was was possible Mm -hmm. so when you're talking about that grand central map that kind of flow of seeing people go in and out like that um there was a moment in the early 2000s i think it was 2002 when on who wants to be a millionaire uh one of the contestants for the million dollar question was asked what is carol brady's middle name and he used all of his lifelines and he got it down to the final two and his last lifeline was phone a friend so he phoned his friend and tried to get him to do like a Google search of it or whatever the search engine at the time was, probably like dog pile or whatever. <laughs> no. Ask Jeeves. Yeah, whatever. Um, and failed at it. But what the people at Google noticed the day after was they saw all these spikes in searches for Carol Brady's maiden name. Mm. And they were like, why was everybody looking for this? And then they noticed that when they looked at that on a map, it tracked across the country on a delay of oh, an hour. Yeah. 
by each time zone where who wants to be a millionaire had aired. And that's when they sort of made this connection between, Oh, we can use these searches in a predictive way. Mm -hmm. Um, to you know, like know we what, can fine-tune the algorithm we now, can yeah. yeah so they figured out how to fine-tune the algorithm and how to profit from them um, yeah it was a really critical moment because up until then google had just been sort of perfecting the search engine but couldn't figure out a way to monetize it uh, and when they realized that you could monetize it by making it by using the sort of like um well, then you all could, this compiled information as a, as a predictive tool, you could sell that to advertisers and say, we can tell yeah. you what the, what the central time zone is going to do in an hour. Well, you can sell an ad to whoever has the TV rights for the box set DVDs or VHSs to be like, you want to buy some ad time? Right. You have right. 20 seconds to pull the trigger on this because you we're going to see a spike and you, would you like to make some money? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically what I learned from this book, and I'm sure what that article kind of covers is that like, that's what technology companies are in the business of doing is auctioning off their predictive capabilities to advertising companies Oh yeah, in real time. And like humans are just raw material well, for you, that kind of data. It's also very easy, even though it's like anonymous, you can based on we're creatures of habit, right? So we take the same paths to work and to home and to any extracurriculars. Like no one really does new, excuse me, new things that often, but like, if someone's looking at a data set, they can be like, oh, you you live at this address. Why? Right. Because that's where you you don't move from there for eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and then you go to this one place for eight hours. So you work there and then maybe you did this. Like, they were tracking people's extramarital affairs. Oh, and sure. like, you know, if someone had a new kid, like how often they had to go to like Target or whatever. Like, Right. Um, I mean, that kind of stuff is just the tip of the iceberg. Like one of the chapters I was reading today was talking about... Um, a study that was done by some university, I can't remember which, where they were just seeing, um, you know, a random sampling of 500 people or whatever. The apps they had on their phone, what they were running in the background, mm -hmm. meaning what they don't even ask you for permission for. Oh. Um, so, like, almost every app you download has is siphoning some sort of data from you whether it's location or your preferences yeah. or whatever but they were finding something i'm gonna misremember the figures but it was around this number like they were figuring out that um your location was being tracked like four thousand times a day mm -hmm. um you know th things down to your mood could be tracked like everything um yeah. and Part of the reason for this is that there's really no law around this. Like all of this developed so quickly in the early 2000s that like tech companies got ahead of the government, and there's no meaningful regulation around it. And this then, is the same thing in the and times, then yeah, obviously yeah. they lobby the government to keep the law how they want it written, which basically means they don't have to ask you for for permission for anything. Even if they do, it's usually just an illusion. Yeah, like when an app asks you, oh. Uh, for your location allow or do not allow Never. that's effectively meaningless i mean even really? if, even if you deny it it's still doing it you can turn it off in the settings like it doesn't matter it's not doing anything um the the only the only exception to that rule is apple stuff is actually pretty tight apple's pretty good on privacy mm. um which is why their ai and things like that are worse than oh, google yeah um but that doesn't mean you don't have a google app on your phone oh. for gmail or whatever so any third-party app doesn't abide by these rules. Like, there's no protecting against Even if them. you opt out of shared location? No, like, if you look in their terms of service, like, this book, it, you know, the author, like, went through a lot of terms of service. And, and read those giant... And reads oh. them and cites them. Like, usually it's just an illusion. 
where they're just giving you the preference, but somewhere in the terms of service, it says that it's meaningless. Um, huh. All right. So everyone delete everything off of your phones yeah. right now. No, I know. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really scary book to be reading because, yeah, there is no way around it. And the underlying theory of the book is like that this is a new, a new market form entirely. Like globally, as we've run out of like land area to expand to, like capital has had to figure out a new way to profit. So now the resource is just human beings rather than colonization Mm -hmm. geographically. Um, The resources become like, what are your emotions uh, and how can we leverage this to sell? But that doesn't work. Anytime that ever happens because of like you know say well we're having this conversation or whatever and then like you get like a targeted ad you're just like you fucking phone listening and you're like don't like <clears throat> it doesn't make me feel better as a consumer it makes me go not i'm not buying that no it you doesn't that but, t- you know but the 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 really dark thing about it is that you're not the target for any of this it doesn't matter whether the ads work or whether but the thing is they actually do work they may not work on you but in the aggregate like be um, like I was just thinking about that. Yeah, these like, predi- these predictive things do tend to drive greater sales. But the the whole dark nature of this thesis is that like human people, whether as consumers or as like spiritual agents, um, are not really a factor in this. You're just a factory for the data. Yeah, they're just trying to exploit you for your preferences. They do not care about you as a human being. Yeah. And that's why all these like extensive agreements that nobody reads and all of these laws that are being invented are are basically there to like push you down as an agent and say like your individuality doesn't matter. You're just data points. Give me data points. The real customers are advertising agencies. Does advertising work anymore? Yeah, apparently it does. I mean, it does. But I mean like, like advertising is like the glamour of advertising, like an ad campaign. Like, clearly, it doesn't quite work if you're just like, well, we need to get the data points. Because then, like, we'll just target it, like, very specifically, and who cares what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, or does it still have to do those emotional, like, pulls of stuff? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think that the emotional pull matters anymore because what all this data has done is take the guesswork out of it. Like, in Mad Men, they rely on Don Draper's, like, intuition and expertise to prey on the emotions of the consumer and get yeah. them to have a connection with the ad and, therefore, the product. Yeah. Nobody cares about that anymore. They already know how you feel because uh-huh. they already know where you've been, uh, what you've looked at today. Yeah. You know, there's no reason to appeal to you in an image emotionally when they know your blood pressure. Oh. You know? Yeah. Um there was... Did you see that Apple ad? Like that Christmas Apple ad? No. What was it? It's these small children, rich white children, because they have a coterie of Apple products. They're like, let's say five to seven. And they're making a scrapbook for grandpa, but it's digital. And they're doing all this stuff and scanning all these pictures together and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, grandpa, we got you this iPad and it's got a family picture. And it's like, I wish grandma was here to see this. Oh, me too. And then they, he opens and starts swiping through the scrapbook and they Photoshop grandma in all shitty. And that's <laughs> supposed to make you feel something. I'm like, this is, I don't use this word very often, but this is fully retarded. Yeah. Like you cannot tell me that this is emotionally impactful in any way shape or form and that this makes me think highly of apple and makes me think of the warmth and kindness of this right right as i gesture to a pile of apple products to my right like no 
Like, that just makes you all look stupid. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know who. I, I, clearly, those type of things work, but it's I don't know. It's not the Clydesdale, Bi- like, Budweiser commercial with right. the dog and shit and the horse. Well, what's what's most weird about the description of that ad to me is the like reanimating of grandma into the photos. That seems really bizarre. Like yeah. I, I think to an old person that would be kind of upsetting. Oh yeah. I mean that would be upsetting to me. Like I've had I have family members that are dead and if, you know, and if you just like if my mom yeah. came to me with an iPad full of images that like my cousin and my grandma were like photoshopped back into, just I'd like be giving like, you bunny ears above your head like in a contemporary picture, you're just like I'd be like, "Mom, are you okay? Did you have a fucking breakdown? Like, what is going on?" <laughs> it seems that's yeah, really bizarre. It seems like psychopath behavior. Yeah, it's like why would anyone know? Yeah. Especially an old person, I'd be like, "Why well, no?" No. Yeah, you're talking about somebody that was born in, like, 1925 that might have, like, three extant pictures of their entire family that died in the Great Depression or whatever. Yeah. And you're expecting me to think that, like, they would like to see their wife, you know, who they've been thinking about for five lonely years while they wither away, (laughs) like, photoshopped back into a picture Uh from two weeks ago? That's really fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't, again, I didn't know, I was like, who is this for? How does, how is this supposed to make me feel? Other than confusion. I, I can't tell you how it's supposed to make you feel. Like, it's obviously supposed to make you feel, like, saccharine and, like, good in some way. You know, it's supposed to make one feel uh, that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm like, Ugh. But it doesn't work. Um, but you know who it's for is the parents in the ad. Guilty bourgeois white people that are like, oh, the kids love the iPad. This will give them something to do with grandpa. Um, he'll like it because nobody has photo albums anymore and he like misses that, you know, it's supposed to make the guilty urban liberal with a lot of money want to go and buy that for somebody for Christmas. Like, and it probably does work on that. What? Yeah. I can't believe that that's actually, I don't know. The kids also already have the fucking iPads. Like every child under the age of five has an iPad. (laughs) Every child under the age of five. Actually, I was going to say that's not true, but my niece has one. So, uh, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are, if you can afford 200 bucks, you're just like, give them a fucking iPad. I don't want to deal. No kid. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other than obviously it works because you know, those things are so market tested. They wouldn't air an ad like that if all the boxes hadn't been checked off. I mean, you know, but like, I mean, it checks off a box for whom like an executive who's like, yes, I haven't seen my family in three years. I, I feel warmth in my cold dead heart it's no like, again dude it's all data points and market research like they 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 know that it works and it's probably that's the thing that's what's probably different from previous eras of advertising where yeah. it isn't for a particular person like again in the madman example it's like so many of those ads are tailored towards specifically men of a certain class and race demographic and they knew that and they did that yeah then you could say the same thing for women there was yeah. plenty of ads in that too that were targeted that for the, a housewife the heineken, or the heineken episode yeah. right but they don't do that anymore. That ad is probably much like a Marvel movie or something. It's checking off as many boxes as possible for as many people as possible. Huh. It's a very broad thing, which is why it's so scattershot. You yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. why it checks off the box of grandpa, kids, dead grandma, parents. Like the only consistent signifier again is like bourgeois upper middle classness. Yeah. I think that's the only like specific demographic. Other than that, it's trying to trigger, you know, sadness, but also happiness, but also nostalgia. But yeah, you know. it's, it's, but that's the thing. Like if you aren't hitting one pressure point, 
you're hitting no pressure points. Well, you're just talking about advertising that works on you because you're an appreciator of that old model. And yeah. I would and I would agree with that. I think that like probably for most older millennials and anybody Gen X or Boomer, yeah. like that is the style of advertising that would work on us. Yeah. Um, but anymore, I that that probably seems unfamiliar to young people really? or yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, again, I think like the movie example is actually a really good comparable one. Like the new Star Wars movies and Marvel movies are exactly this. Like they're just trying to check off demographic boxes yeah. as much as possible and also like narrative boxes, like emotional beats and stuff, but they do all of them. That's why yeah. Marvel movies are funny and sad and you know. Yeah. They have to have all of it, otherwise it's not broadly appealing. I think advertising You don't make a billion dollars that way. The yeah. same way now. I think the only exception to that would be like lifestyle ads. That still work much in the same way as the old advertising formula. Where what do you mean? Um, like ads you would see on Instagram for like a tourist attraction or for clothing or whatever. It's basically just the same like opulence and sexiness. Like Luxury has always had a certain yeah. kind of code of how things go. But even still like that's kind of like out the window. You think so? Like because it's still just image based but like. It's just like how flashy can you make a thing? Like, can anything look interesting or not? Like, a, a lot of times, some of the most effective ads are really boring, right? For luxury, where it's just like, look, it's spare, it's expensive, we're done. Yeah. Or yeah. it's we're lush and opulent, because like Gucci is a good example of this, where it's just like we're over the top, fuck everything, confetti, and you're like, what? Right, right. Um, but like mid tier things, I don't know what you get advertised to in like a. Like, what do suburban moms get advertised to? I mean, I guess, like, if you're in the car, like, on the radio's like, buy your six-pack of Huggies at your local neighborhood Walmart. Walmart, we're here for you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the difference between, like, luxury things and more mid-tier things is, again, the data collection thing. Like, yeah. luxury industries don't have that much use for that because there's a more narrow market for that. But, like, the broad spectrum kind of advertising that, like, any consumer product needs to do, you know, anything under $1,000 or whatever, basically, yeah. just like needs to be bland. Yeah. And, I mean, th this is ultimately not that new of a thing because when you said, like, what do housewives get advertised to about or how? Like, when I'm in Ohio and I'm watching, like, local TV, you yeah. just see the same ads for, like, Red Robin or, like, Olive Garden or, yeah. like, Kohl's or whatever. And they basically do what that Apple ad does, which is it's a mixture of, like, sentiment nostalgia happiness and a couple different familial like generational yeah, you get categories that, yeah you get that like we're sitting on a table it's wholesome yeah. and you're like what if you're going if you're going to dinner at olive garden that's a level of desperation that is you know it's right. different like yeah and we're i mean we're talking about like conventional advertising formats too like yeah. on tv or in magazines or whatever like the the big difference now is when and where you see or hear the yeah. ad like, that's what makes an ad effective, not really what the content of the ad is anymore. Which is all it's what placement. the data points, yeah. The data points tell you when to shoot a certain ad at someone when they're feeling a little vulnerable and a little spendy. Yeah, exactly. Um, which um, is why, like, the Hulu ads that are like, here's a drug, here's Lexapro, and you're like, what? Right. Yeah, I mean, Hulu's basically like a conventional television station yeah. in that sense, but that's what makes it so jarring to see those ads because you're like, wait a minute, this isn't for me. 
Yeah. That's the only time, you know, that I really experienced that. Because on Instagram, you're like, oh, it sort of makes sense that I got this. Or like if something shows up in the sidebar where you're scrolling on websites, it's like, oh, I just searched that yesterday. So, of course. But, yeah, it's really weird to get like a Lexapro ad because you're like, wait a minute. I'm not over 55 yet. (laughs) (laughs) Spiritually. But no. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. Well... I think we're kind of winding down here, but yeah. I, I'll give you a, a really fucked up thing that I remember from this book. Uh-oh. Um, so I guess there's now a, well, first of all, the book spends a lot of time talking about smart home things. We've mentioned our Google home on here before and like why you should be afraid of them. I'm terrified. Um, and what they're actually for. But so there's this whole chapter on smart home technology and in it, they chronicle the release of a smart Barbie home. So, you know what I'm talking about, like those, you know, maybe three by three foot uh, yeah, plastic like, yeah. houses Barbie for house, Barbie, yeah. Barbie dream house. Now there's a smart Barbie dream house. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, you know, it all runs on voice command, like an Alexa. And it's basically there to like train little kids to interface with, with adult object, yeah. smart home things in anticipation of, you know, the rest of their fully lives, voice yeah. operated homes for the rest of their life but the worst part about it was that the barbie smart home and toy companies they still collect data from the kids so those things are all connected to the internet and like it's not like an innocent thing just in anticipation of the future it's that they're collecting children's data so that so they can track they... them the rest of their life yeah. and so also when they grow so... up what what to develop in the future yeah and also so that they can control how they develop i mean you know, we grew up with the in the majority of our lives not having this kind of collection and like targeted advertising yeah. taking place. But imagine if that was just what you were native to. <sighs> I mean, they can influence your behavior forever, forever. Oh no! On a you. really detailed level. Yeah. I mean, an- another dark thing about it was like the development of these um, webcams that will soon be in like all TVs and computers that can read your facial expressions, like down to twitches of your eye and stuff, and can you know, reliably um, interpret your emotions to like 97% accuracy. Why is the TV got to have a camera? So that it can collect this information. So that even when it's off or especially while you're watching a show, like if you're watching Seinfeld and you're having a positive reaction to it, they want to know that. If you're watching something else and you have a negative reaction to it and then you turn it off, they want to know that without you having to input anything as far as voice or, you know, preference I selection i don't like whatever. this no i know it's it's incredibly dark yeah huh mm. yeah so war with iran is probably the least of our worries yeah they've got some other problems mm-hmm. a couple of them that's what you know where what's the state that i can move to in my yurt well you've always talked about idaho but we mentioned oh, idaho I can't earlier go there. you can't go there now especially that you have a bald head you'll, oh. fit, you'll fit right in oh oh so like, You'll wake up with a swastika tattooed on your forehead. Oh, God. Nope. No, they. I would get Matthew Shepherded on the side of a road real quick up there. Um, that was dark. We might have to edit out <laughs> some of the darkness. Um, well, yeah. This is a downer. Yeah. This is a downer one. That's Happy a downer one. Yeah, well, <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to 2020. You're Barbara Walters now? Yes. You, you you got that joke. Right? I did. I know. Okay, I know that yeah. Barbara Walters hosted a show called 2020. I'm yeah. aware of that. What's John Stossel? John Stossel, a famous Republican. He's now wildly Republican and crazy. He's on Fox News now, right? He is. He has been for a while. I'm oh, pretty God. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well. Well, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. Anyway, 
Happy New Year's, assholes. <laughs> Try not to kill yourselves. Okay. Also, turn off all the Google Homes. Yeah, unplug them, too. They still Alexa, operate. Alexa, shut off. Alexa? Self-destruct. Alexa, listen to Green and Lewis. Alexa, order dildo. Confirm. Ordering 13-inch black dildo. <laughs> okay. <laughs>